Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. And it's been kind of a weird series because I started this series, then I was gone for a couple weekends on vacation. We started it back up on a Wednesday night. We did it on a Sunday. Then we took last Sunday off because it was Father's Day as far as a series. So we're coming back to a series that we're going to finish up um, this morning. It's been a really good series. As I mentioned, we'll do uh, a standalone next week. Then I got a, man, I got a crazy series for you after that. Man. My title is, um, I'm not going to tell you yet. Should I tell you? It's AI. So you don't, you don't want to miss that. Um, anyway, focus, Aaron. Focus. So um, we've been in a series called Havoc. For the, for the last um, month here. And the word havoc means to cause great damage. And so I just felt impressed on my heart to help you guys because there are times that we deal with, we deal with things that aren't just um, life things. We, we deal with um, spiritual attacks. We deal with spirits um, that, that oppose us. And they want to cause havoc in our life. Or damage in our life. And so if you will, I'm going to go back and, and just review for a moment and then share with you where we want to go this morning. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, uh, verse 18, it says, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, that's modern day Turkey, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and feet are like burnished bronze. So this is, this is a word from the Lord. And it says, I know your deeds, talking about this particular church. I know your deeds, I know your love, and I know your faith. I know your service, and I know your perseverance, and I know that you're doing more than you did at first. How many know that's good, that God's taking notice of some good things that this church is, is doing? They're full of love, they're full of action, they're full of activity, they're full of perseverance, um, they're full of service, and they're full of faith. I mean, that's, that's good that God takes notice of that. Um, but, but then there's like the rest of the verse. Look what it says. Um, but I have this against you. How, I mean, that's not what you want to hear God say. I've got something. You're doing great at this, but I've got this that we need to, we need to put some attention to. And look what it says. You tolerate. Everyone say tolerate. Tolerate means you refuse to deal with something or you refuse to control something. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teachings, which is the teachings of Bell, she, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality, into the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she was unwilling. So I'm going to cast her on a bed of suffering, and I'll make those who commit their adultery with her suffer intensely unless they would repent of their ways. I'll even strike her children. Everyone say children. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. I will repay each according to their deeds. So what, what is this Jezebel um, that's in the Bible? Um, if you go on the internet, there's a lot of creepy things about a spirit of Jezebel. A lot of them are accurate. A lot of them aren't. Um, but we, we see this, this woman named Jezebel in the Old Testament, in the, in the book of 1 Kings. And King Ahab was married. It was sort of like a political alliance. He married um, a woman named Jezebel, a Phoenician queen. And so he marries Jezebel. And the Bible said, it says that Ahab, King Ahab, did more evil in God's sight than any king ever did. And why, why was that? Is because his wife uh, was a, uh, she actually hosted, paid for, supported over 18, or I'm sorry, over 800 false prophets of Baal. 
Baal is, is a, a god that basically replaces God um, as the source, as Lord. It means owner. It means Lord. Um, it means master. And so she brought Baal worship in, and, and Ahab allowed this. And so the prophet Elijah comes on the scene, and he, he, has, a, he has a confrontation. And he, he says to Jezebel that I'm going to destroy you. God's going to destroy your prophets. And so it climaxes in this battle on Mount Carmel. And Elijah ends up slaughtering over half the prophets of Baal, has this amazing victory, calls down um, fire from heaven, consumes the sacrifice and altar. Many of you know that story. And this amazing victory happens. And after that happens, um, Jezebel threatens Elijah, threatens his life, says she's going to kill him. Jehu comes on the scene, prophetically destroys this woman named Jezebel, throws her over the wall with her children, and the wild dogs lap up her blood just as it was prophesied. That's a real Old Testament story. Uh, when we progress into the New Testament, John the Baptist, y'all heard of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a spirit of Elijah on him, which meant he had a spirit of restoration on his ministry. And so he has this, this spirit on him. And so uh, John the Baptist confronts King Herod, who divorced his wife and, and married his sister-in-law. And that was illegal. And so he confronts the king, and, and it causes big controversy. And, and so King Herod throws this party in a drunken stupor. He's aroused by his stepdaughter, who's about 13 years old, her seductive dancing. And he says, I'll give you everything up to half the kingdom. And her mother says, ask for the head of John the Baptist. And that's why John the Baptist was beheaded. It was the same spirit of Jezebel we see um, working against John the Baptist that we see in the Old Testament. Now we come to the book of Revelation and we see that, that, that God is actually commanding that we don't tolerate that spirit. Because it's a spirit that still lingers. And the Bible says we're not to tolerate that spirit. Here's what that spirit does today. And this is the best way that you can remember this. And I've showed you this illustration is the spirit of Jezebel wants to manipulate you, wants to intimidate you, and wants to control you. You can, MIC, if you give the spirit the mic, it will mess with you. And so that, that, that's a spirit that works through some people. It's a spirit that works in some regions. Anything that tries to manipulate you, anytime there's something that tries to intimidate you, and you manipula, manipulate and you intimidate to do what? To control. And the Bible says, don't tolerate that spirit. Don't tolerate it in church. Don't tolerate it in your life. Don't tolerate it. Everyone say, don't tolerate. Don't tolerate. Let's, let's read on. I know we're, we're doing deep here for June, but um, verse 24 says this. So I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to those of you who are not holding to her teachings and you've not learned her so-called deep secrets, I'm not going to impose any other burden on you. I just want you to keep holding on to what you're doing until I come. To those who are victorious, anyone victorious? Anyone who does the will of God to the end, he says, I'm going to give you authority. Everyone say authority. That one will rule, uh, will rule them with an iron scepter, will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I've received authority from my father, I give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the scripture is saying. You say, well, what, what does all that mean? Well, the Bible is very clear that if we will recognize that spirit, if we need to repent of letting it um, be tolerated, uh, we need to stand up to it. And the Bible says if you stand up to that spirit, he actually gives you greater authority in those areas. He gives you greater um, favor in those areas. And he gives you greater discernment in those areas. And so um, we've looked at something particular in these, in these verses that it talks about Jezebel's children. So we've been unpacking some of her children. Um, if you're here a few weeks ago, I talked about one of her children is lust. 
And we talked about that spirit that's on the earth. Um, after that, we talked about a spirit of fear. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about how depression is a spirit uh, that, that's um, identified with Jezebel. How many have enjoyed the series? So about half of you have that. I don't know the, that, the other half. <laughs> but there's something that is interesting after Elijah just whooped Jezebel. The Bible says you would think he would be in a pumped up mode. You would think after a big victory he would have a victory parade. You would think he would go grab a steak or whatever. But the Bible says after that happened, Elijah ran or he, he, he ran and then he walked even further into the middle of the desert. He sat down and he asked God to take his life. He asked God, he said, I want to die. He asked God, he said, will you take my life right now? And then he even walked further and he, he hid in a cave. And God showed up and he says, what are you doing here? And it's interesting that sometimes we can have victories and breakthroughs in our life. And afterwards, it's followed by, by great discouragement, a real battle with discouragement. And so I want to talk this morning for the next few moments, here's my title, that discouragement is disheartening. Discouragement is disheartening. So what I want to do this morning is I, I, I want to fuel you um, with revelation on how you can whoop the spirit of discouragement. Let's take a poll. Anyone ever felt discouraged? Now, let, let, let me be clear. I'm not talking about you got up, you looked in the mirror, and your makeup isn't just working, and you, the outfit you picked out is just not fitting like it did six months ago. Um, your hair's not looking. I'm not talking about just a bad day, a bad morning. I'm talking about a real spirit of discouragement. Um, so discouragement is another one of Jezebel's um, uh, offspring. And it means to feel disheartened. Discouragement means that you have, you, you, you're disheartened. And disheartened means you, you've lost heart. You have lost hope. You've lost your enthusiasm. You've lost your courage to the point where you just want to give up. Anyone ever been there? And, and you just want to give up. And can I just help you for a moment? And... and in the instance of Elijah, and often in the instance of our lives, we know sometimes we can blow it and get discouraged, right? But there are sometimes we're doing everything right, and we get hit with a spirit of discouragement. Yeah. And immediately, the enemy wants you to start thinking something's wrong with you because you're discouraged. And I want you to know we have to decipher sometimes that it's not just us. It is a real spirit that's working to discourage us. So sometimes you can be making progress. You can be doing, re doing really well. And guess what hits is discouragement. And it can come and it can overwhelm. It can come unexpectedly. And, and the book of Proverbs says this. Unrelent unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. I thought, man, that, that is a good way of saying it. Um, but a sudden good break or a sudden breakthrough can do what? It can turn everything around. God's so good at suddenlies. He's so good at suddenlies. Now, before I dive into this, I like to put these little screens up there, and I know a lot of you take pictures, and that, that's fine. Uh, I, I want to show you some signs that you might be really dealing with a spirit of discouragement. And the first one is fatigue. 
Now, let me say this. Um, Friday night was our men's lift uh, camp out, and I, I stayed up around the campfire to like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was fatigued yesterday. That's a different type of fatigue. That's one I did to myself. Now, I used to be able to do that when I was younger and keep going, but man, yesterday, I went home and took a nap, woke up, went somewhere, came home, took another nap, woke up, and went to bed. Um, was it worth it? Absolutely. The stories that happen around a campfire are always worth it. But if you've ever in your life just completely felt wiped out and weary, I'm talking about physical fatigue combined with just a mental fatigue, combined with just emotional fatigue, and actually even with a spiritual fatigue. It's a sign that there might be a spirit of discouragement targeting you. It could be more than you just ate too many Twinkies. You've got to discern the difference. But, but you feel really fatigued. Um, another one is you can feel really, really, really just frustrated. Your anxiety is high, stress level's high, everything and everyone annoys you, you're offended at everything because there's some expectations and some disappoint, expectations that haven't been met or some disappointment that, that, that have happened. Have you ever felt yourself just out of nowhere, just like just everything frustrates you? Three of you? Okay. The rest of you are spiritual giants, all right? I'm just going to preach to the other of you. It, and then fear. Fear is another one where there's just an ongoing, an ongoing dread, um, anxiety. You feel things like this. Uh, why even bother? This is useless. Will this, even, will this even matter? I'm talking about overwhelming. It comes. It stays. Um, it feels like a weight. Anyone ever been there? Well, could it be that there's an enemy that wants to keep you from progressing? Could it be that maybe you're learning some things and you've got some revelation and there's some things said against you? And we've learned this, that the way you defeat a spirit is with what? The opposite spirit. The Bible says for, for oppression, put on a garment of what? Praise. So we need to learn that if we are feeling or sensing some things, we need to step back and take notice that th th there's a spirit working here. The enemy's working against me, and he's working against you because he's trying to keep you from making progress. And so the opposite spirit of discouragement is what? A spirit of courage. So what I want to share with you for the next few moments, if you'll let me teach you up for a moment, is how to defy discouragement. How, now, I'm talking about a little bit more than a bad hair day, right? I'm talking about a real spirit of discouragement that comes, how you can defy discouragement. And I want you to know, I'm going to share three things with you. I know you always wonder, why do you share three? Well, first of all, I think you can handle three. Um, it's just the way God has told me to, to teach, make some three practical points. And, 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 and here, here's what I want you to know. Uh, what I want you to know, as an individual, these things, three things I'm telling you, I've had to put into practice in my life. Um, me and my wife have had to put them into practice in our lives together. And I'm telling you, as a church, we have had to put these things into practice. Um, I'll be really frank with you, because of the fact that we, we preach really strong in faith and grace and overcoming, this is just a spirit. Our church has a tendency to have to deal with at different times. And um, because we have learned as Revelation says, to identify it and take a stand over it. Um, we have more authority. We have quicker discernment. We have favor in certain areas. And so um, if there's a spirit of restoration, there will be a spirit of judgment. It's a spirit of witchcraft is what it is. And it is. It, it, but here's what I want you to know. Even if discouragement comes, you're still a victor. Just because it comes doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Just want to remind you of that. It could be that you're actually doing some things right. 
It could actually be that things are starting to work in your life spiritually. But it can be disheartening. Y'all ready for some tips? How to deal with discouragement. How many ready to hear this? All right, so here we go. Um, Number one, really deep, deeply worded. If you are ever facing a spirit of discouragement, you might be facing it right now. You ready for this? This is deep. Don't give up. Can you give me the Greek for that? Yeah, don't give up. I know it sounds simple, but what you are believing for, what you, uh, what, uh, everything that you're wanting is on the other side of what you're facing. Everything you're needing, everything you're wanting, everything you prayed for, everything you're believing for, everything you need is on the other side of what you're facing right now. And if you knew it would only take one more lap, you'd do another lap. If you knew it only took one more mile, you would go one more mile. Look at somebody, look them deep in the eye and say, hey, homie, don't give up. That's what a spirit does. Have you ever felt like this is useless? I just want to throw in the towel. I just want to give up. This is hard. I'm just tired of dealing with this. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. And it's this whole spirit designed, guess what, with a strategy to get you to what? Give up. You've come so far. You might feel like you still have a ways to go, but it wants you to do what? Give up. And the word of the Lord is, thus saith Jesus, don't give up. Don't give up. But it's hard. Well, hard places lead to higher places. Painful seasons can turn into prosperous seasons. Amen. Troubled times can turn into what? Triumphant times. Don't give up right now because what's on the other side is what you've been believing for, what you've been praying for. You you know, I was reading some research and they say the number one thing, the number one thing that will determine success in someone's life is not education and it's not even opportunity. It's this one little word that everybody has to deal with. It's called attitude. Come on, how many have ever been somewhere and like, that person needs an attitude what? You know what we need to do sometimes is look in the mirror and maybe say, I think I need an attitude adjustment. I can tell you there's lots of times with my wife, I'm like, that girl needs an attitude adjustment. (laughs) Amen. Um, But as soon as I start thinking that way, I realize, guess who else needs an attitude adjustment? My daughters, that's who else needs an attitude adjustment. And I'm the, I'm the adjuster. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just messing with you. No, I, I need mine adjusted more, more, more than they do. But research says that it's attitude that is a difference maker, whether you're going to have a breakthrough, whether you're going to have success, whether you're going to walk into things or not. You, you know, in, in the cockpit of a plane, there's a thing called an attitude adjuster. And that is used to keep the nose of the plane level. That's how you know if the plane is level or not. If you lower the attitude, guess what? The plane's nose does what? Guess what happens if you do this? Your altitude changes. It could just be some adjustment. It could just be some adjustment that we need to have in our lives. But the adjustment we need to have is, is don't don't, guess what? Don't give up. We need to have some, if we're going to walk in courage, we need to have some fresh attitude adjustments. The Holy Spirit is so good at adjusting attitudes. If we let him. If we allow him. If we'll surrender to it. I'm telling you, if we'll let God adjust some of our attitudes, guess what we can do? Our altitude will change. 
You can rise above the discouragement. And some of you know what, you know the power of discouragement. It's kept you trapped. It's kept some blessings from your life. It's kept some progress from happening for you. It's kept you from your next season. It's, it's, It's kept God's best from you. So never give up. Just make up your mind. It, 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 no, matter, no matter how strong that discouragement is, the one thing I will not do is I will not give up. If you feel like it, if you want to, if everything you're sensing makes you feel like you should, guess what? Make up your mind right now. One thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to give up. I will not give up believing God's going to promote me. I will not give up believing healing is happening for me. I will not give up God's opening new doors for me. I will not give up. I will not give up. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. That's a spirit of courage. That's a spirit. That's an attitude of faith. You got to press through the feelings. You got to press through the feelings. We live in a feeling saturated culture. We've got it backwards. Well, if I feel it, here's how it works for us believers. We faith it and feelings follow the faith. Amen? I'm going to work on you a little bit. Number one, don't give up. Ready for number two? It's just as deep. Get over it. Now, I know this, you, you were looking for deeper, you're looking for bigger Greek words this morning, but don't give up and, and, and get over Because there are times we need to take inventory of our feelings. There are times we need to take inventory of our thoughts, our beliefs, our attitudes, our conversations, the moods. It's a good sign if a spirit's working against you. Just check those things. I've told you guys this. A lot of times um, uh, what I'm speaking on Sunday, especially if it's a deep topic, I'll fight that all week long. I have fought discouragement all week long. But I've done this long enough to know, like, if I can only make it to Sunday. No, I have learned why I'm dealing with this. If I'm going to give up, get up here and give you revelation and point you in the right direction, and if we're going to keep the devil under our feet, um, I'll fight that during the week to get up here and preach this message I'm preaching right now. Because it might be the difference of you giving up. It might be the difference of you getting over some things. How many remember a couple weeks ago I said this? We were talking about depression, and I said that your mind is a nest. And I said that your heart is a what? A garden. Your mind is a nest, and your heart is a garden. And, and that's why discouragement, is dis, it's disheartening. It tries to get, it, it, it's the emotions, it's the feelings, it's what tries to wear your heart out. You can get disheartened because you're disappointed in some things that didn't happen a certain way, or some expectations weren't met a certain way, or some things came against you, and we can get really disheartened, really disheartened. And the courage in your life gets dissed. And it's a work of the enemy to get you to, to throw in the towel on your courage. And courage is just another word for faith, you guys. But we've already made up our minds, we're not gonna give up. But I want you to make up your mind on this. There are some things you and I, we're gonna start getting over we're going to start getting, here's what I want you to hear. Um, God wants to bring some brand new things into your life. God wants to bring some fresh things into your life. And we're like containers, but I want you to know there's only so much room in the container. 
You only have so much space and you only have so much energy. And the enemy knows if he can fill up that space and wear out your energy with the negative and with the discouraging and with the disheartening things, there won't be room for God to bring some new things. There won't be room for God to bring some blessings. There won't be room for God to, bre- to blow a fresh wind. There just won't be room. So what you and I need to make sure we're doing on a regular basis is emptying out the container so God can fill it up with some new stuff, some good stuff. How I many of we're always like, God, do something new. God, do something fresh. Well, we got to empty out some old stuff. We've got to empty out some old beliefs. We've got to empty out some old opinions. We've got to empty out some old feelings. We've got to empty out some old moods. We've got to empty out some old stuff, some negative stuff. We've got to take the trash out, right? Actually, we should make it, make it a habit of doing that. No, no, we need to empty out some disappointments. We need to empty out some memories and mistakes and some opinions, and some offenses. And some worry, some jealousy, and some anger. What if I said we can't get full of some good stuff because there's no room for it? If I stood up here and said, and it would be accurate for me to say this to you, God wants to bring a new blessing. He wants to fill you with some next level stuff. He wants to bring the next season into your life, but we're staying so full of yesterday, there's no room. There's no room. I I, I read this one day, and I thought this was so good. Um, Joe Osteen, you ever heard of him? As a little church in Houston. (laughs) Um, He said one day he was walking through the foyer of his church, and he saw this lady. He said he knew she was over 100 years old and she looked like a million dollars. And he, he said, he, so he walked up to her. She just had this countenance and this demeanor about him. And he walked up to her and he said, what is your secret for not just living so long, but living so good? And I love her answer. She said, well, I don't worry. I let things go and I laugh a lot. I don't worry. I let things go. And I choose to laugh a lot. Here's how Paul said it. This is Philippians. He says, brothers and sisters. So he's talking to all of us, both genders here, right? There's only two. Remember, brothers and sisters. I do not consider that I have taken a hold of it. We're talking about Paul here. Wrote most of the New Testament. Remember Paul? He met Jesus. Knocked him off the horse. He used to persecute and kill Christians. Now he's... Taking the gospel, he said, hey, I haven't, I'm not there yet. Does that make anyone feel a little better? <laughs> Makes me feel a whole lot better. I haven't taken hold of it yet, but I do one thing. But when I read this, he actually did more than one thing, but he did one focus. He said, here's what I do. I forget what's behind, and I strain for what is ahead. I forget, and I strain. I, I, I let go, and I reach. He says, I press on. Everyone say Press. I keep pressing toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. He discovered what that 100-year-old lady did. We got to let some things go, laugh some things off, and keep reaching for what's next. Keep reaching for what God has put out there. But Paul actually said, you got to forget some stuff. Why is it that we have a hard time remembering what God told us to remember, but we keep forgetting what he said to forget? Did I say that right? Let me think that through. <laughs> um, throughout the Bible, there's many times God says, remember this, remember this, remember, remember his promise. We have a hard time remembering that. 
but we remember everything that we should forget. That's what I meant to say. Actually, the word forget means to let it go, don't recall it, don't bring it up, don't give it a place at the table, because it will, it will hinder your progress. He said, this is what I do, I forget and I press on. It means you stretch to the limit, you pursue, and you follow hard after. It, it actually, I know I've shared this before, but it gives like two ideas. One is, is, is a hunter hunting his prey. And the other is like a law enforcement officer chasing down a criminal. But let me give you a, a real life image. Um, commercial comes, you're watching YouTube, and, and, and here comes the intro. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come before you? How many have ever seen that? It, anyone love that chase? I mean, the police officer is at, at that moment, I just wanna be, I just wanna tackle somebody, right? So it's that pursuit that you're gonna catch that thing. You're going you're gonna to obtain. You're going to walk in that thing that God said you could walk in. It means you put it under a microscope and you go after it. You go after what God can do in you. You go after what God can do for you. You go after what God can do through you. You, you put it in focus. You see, if you keep it in focus, everything is trying to, to discourage you. That spirit is trying to discourage you and dishearten you. You keep your courage. You keep your faith. You keep pursuing that. Can I give you a few, uh, just, just, just a, a few examples of things that uh, we need to talk about for just a moment, and I'll give you the last point. Um, these are actually questions to defy discouragement. What, what might there be this morning that you, need, you know you need to drop? You, you just need to drop something. And I was thinking about this. For some of us, it's this massive question of why. Why didn't this? Why did this? Why did this not? And God didn't give me the answer to that. And just let me say, if God hasn't given you the answer, you need to file it in the I don't know yet file. If God did want you to know why, God would say, I'll reveal it to you. But sometimes we need to take that why because that why is what the enemy uses to keep us in a place of what? Discouragement. Y'all doing it right? I, I came up with another question. Um, what is it that you need to leave behind? Well, I'll put it down this way. What if God can't do something or he can't release you into something new or something better until you release something? Because you keep rehearsing it. You keep conversing about it. Come on, am I, are, we, are we there this morning? What, what do I need to drop? What do I need to leave behind? I wrote this down. Because if you keep digging up what's dead, it's going to stink. And then I wrote this down. Are you going to live like a chicken or an eagle? Well, we know what the Bible says. Rise up, mount your wings like a what? It doesn't say mount up like a chicken. <laughs> Anyone ever read that in the Bible? Well, I just want to be, I want to soar like a chicken. First of all, they both have wings. But chickens don't fly. Chickens don't soar. Eagles soar. They get high above. Chicken doesn't get out of the coop. And whether you know this or not, eagles will only eat what's living. Chickens will eat. Chickens eat their own waste. Come on. Some of us are, some of us are dining on the waste of yesterday, the waste of our offense, and we're dining on that. You will never soar like an eagle eating like a chicken. I didn't say you couldn't eat chicken. I just said, you can't soar like a chicken. 
Come on, are you hearing me? I'm, I'm preaching to all of us this morning. All right, let me, let, let me land this plane. Don't give up. But when you feel discouraged, that is not the moment to give up. That is not the moment. And everything makes you feel like giving up, be resolute, not going to give up. And make up your mind, I'm going to get over some stuff. I mean, just because a memory comes back, a thought comes back, doesn't mean you have to own the memory and you have to own the thought and you have to live there again. But here's the third thing. And this may seem like this doesn't go with the first two. Don't give up. Get over it. And here, become more generous. Now, wait, wait till I say this. Proverbs, look at this verse in Proverbs. This is, this is Proverbs chapter 11. A generous person will what? The prosper. Whoever refreshes someone else, they themselves will be what? Refreshed. You know what that means? It means you'll experience more of the favor of God is what that means. Do you know that we get stuck in our little hole of discouragement? And the last thing, the last thing, remember we're talking about a spirit. Spirit of Jezebel wants to discourage you. The last thing that spirit expects you to do is to not give up. Because that's its strategy. Quit. Give up. Your yesterday's bigger than your tomorrow. Give up. Things aren't working. It's useless. It's hopeless. It does not expect you to stand up in its face and say, we're not giving up. I mean, years ago, we went through a spiritual battle as a church against that spirit. And you know what I wanted to do? You can ask my wife. So I'm out of here. But God told me, you need to take authority and don't give up. And we won't give up. We didn't give up. Don't give up. Whatever the, the spirit doesn't expect it. And the spirit does not expect, are you still with me? I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost, this is my second closing. And the spirit does not expect, number one, that you won't give up. And it does not expect that you're going to get over something. It doesn't expect that you're going to get over an offense. It doesn't expect that you're going to get over a hurt. It doesn't expect that. And when you let God help you get over those things, that spirit loses the power of discouragement. Because you're staying in the power of courage. And I guarantee you that spirit does not expect you to be generous. When you are discouraged, that spirit does not expect you to become an encouragement to someone else. That's how you break this spirit. Aren't you glad you came this morning? So if you're being discouraged right now, the last thing you need to do is go home, shut the blinds, and listen to country music. That's not what you need to do today. You need to open the blinds, tell the devil, I'm not giving up. Deal with some things you got to get over. Crank up the praise music. But that's the last thing you feel like doing. Yes! That's how you break that spirit. Let, let, let me give you a couple of examples. How about this? You could encourage someone. When you're discouraged, I mean, that's the last thing you want to do. It's the last thing you want to do. You, you know what encourage means? It means to put courage in someone. When you're down and out, singing the blues, singing your country song, what should you do? Go up to somebody, write them a letter, encourage them, stir them up. There's a principle. What you make happen for someone else, God's going to make happen for you. Encourage somebody. No, I don't feel like no one encouraged me. It's not what it's about. If you want to break that spirit, be an encouragement. Get out of your bubble and encourage someone. How about this one? Extend forgiveness. Do you know that you have a superpower as a believer? You have a super, power, you have a super weapon. 
It's called forgiveness. World can't hardly do it. Here's why you can, because you know you've been forgiven of much by the grace of God. And you have the power to forgive. Every time you forgive, what's it do? It creates freedom. Every time you choose to forgive, and that's a whole different sermon, but um, if you stay offended, it, it will cut off the miraculous flow of favor in your life. It'll keep you in a place of discouragement. Listen to this statement. This is good. I expect some oohs and ahs. If you hold on to unforgiveness, unforgiveness will hold on to you. It will be your weight. It could be what causes you to give up and give in. Am I saying what happened was right? Am I saying what happened you'll never have a memory on? I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying you, you, you can choose to let God heal some things and forgive. There's another one. You could bless somebody. Every time you bless somebody, it energizes you. It energizes you. It doesn't always have to be money, but it could be. Choose the Because when you're disheartened and discouraged, how many know the last thing you want, it's all about you. Well, I'm discouraged. Spirit discouragement. Well, we've learned that's real, but what are we going to do about it? Pray for me. I'm under the spirit. I'm under the attack, brother. Well, we get over the attack. We stand up to it. God didn't call you warriors. He called you warriors. He didn't call you victims. He called you what? Victors. You can bless somebody. You can be more generous with your praise and your gratitude. I'm telling you, one way that you, one way that you know you're breaking the power of discouragement is you're full of more praise than you are criticalness. Can, can I close with something here? Um. So I was thinking about this this, this morning. I, I need to borrow my two volunteers here. And I was thinking about this this morning. I told my wife, I said, I want to bounce this illustration off of you. Um, if you don't know, this is football. And so in, in sports, everyone know what a wide receiver is? What does a wide receiver do? He receives the pass. He receives, so there's a wide receiver. Um, so let's say, let's say I'm the wide receiver. What I'm doing is I'm, I want to receive the pass. Um, how many want to receive God's best? Okay, so I want you to think about this. My job, number one, as a wide receiver is I have to get what? I have to get open. That's the answer. I have to get open. So the best way that I get open Let's say you guys are guarding me. The best way I got to get is I have to run a good route. The best wide receivers, just stick with me if you don't like sport. The best wide receivers run a good route. If I run a good route, I give him a little head fake. See what I did? He didn't even know what happened. I, <laughs> you, you, you run the defensive back and you get open so the quarterback can what? See you and hit you with the pass if you're open. But what if you, what if you're, what if you messed up your route a little bit? What if your route wasn't real well? How many know the defensive back if I'm just, how many know he, he can, he can, because I picked the two tallest guys in the church, but how many know that they can guard me easier if I run, but what if I, just, I ran a wrong route? Or what if they double teamed me? Or what if the defense, my, my route's not open? Here's what all great quarterbacks do. That's why Ben Roethlisberger was so great. This is why, my homies has been the man. Because what happens is 
Don't clap. That's the devil. He's back there somewhere. <laughs> okay, stick with me. Um, here's what happens if you're not open. This is what coaches will tell you as a receiver. Keep moving. Because if you keep moving, if the route's covered, I got to keep moving to find an open spot. And there are going to be some things in your life that may cut off your route, may come against you. Maybe your route's not perfect. What happens? You need to keep moving. You need to keep moving in your praise. You need to keep moving in your faith. You got to keep moving so you'll be open to receive. You might need to make an adjustment here, an adjustment there. And there's something else that happens, because this is why, like, my homes are so great. This is, if you remember the play that won the Super Bowl, it's because he kept, the quarterback kept moving, and the receiver kept adjusting with him. He found an open spot. And then what? You got to let the quarterback know that you're what? Open. If I just run over here, I'm like, well, my homies didn't see me. But what's the receiver do? Hands up. What if, what if God's trying to get something to you to receive? What if your route's been off? What if the devil, what if he cut your route? What if the, what, what, what if the enemy has double teamed you in a season? What do you do? Well, this doesn't work. Put me on the prayer list. Now, what, what do you do? You keep moving. You adjust your praise. You keep moving in the word. You, what, what, what do you do? You keep, you keep adjusting. And if, you, if you're looking for the open spot to receive, maybe you need to say, I'm, I'm open, I'm open. God, maybe your worship needs to be, I'm open, not like I'm discouraged. God, what if God's trying to find you? What, what, what if he's, good catch. What, what, what if God, I hate to say this, but what, what, what if God is the Mahomes? What, what if, um, you, you got, y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Patrick Mahomes. What, what if, what if uh, that's why Ben Roethlisberger was so great. He would move. The receiver would move, and he would, they would find an open connection. Instead of just saying, well, this play's not working. Oh, the old devil's double-teamed me. I'm down. I'm discouraged. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Give him a hand. And, and, and maybe this morning, you just need to adjust your route. Are you all hearing me? Someone get something out of that this morning. Maybe we just need to... And I've been saying this in this series. When we've been talking about these attacks, these different children of Jezebel, for some of you, maybe discouragement is just, maybe it's just been a distraction at different times. Just like maybe depression is just a distraction at different times. Just like maybe lust was a distraction. But for others, it's more than a distraction. It's a real detour. It has really detoured you. Maybe a battle with lust has really detoured you. Maybe a battle with depression has really detoured you. And maybe this morning, discouragement is a little bit more than a distraction. It's been a real detour in your life. Or maybe some of those things are more than a distraction. They're more than a detour. Maybe it's caused a dead end in your life. Maybe it's, it's just become so hard to get up and move because depression's been a dead end. Or discouragement has been a real dead end in your life. So what, what, what if? What if? Well, the Bible says this. This is what he tells us to do. He says, stop tolerating some things. That, that's all he told us to do. He says, stop tolerating. That's why I'm preaching these points that I'm preaching. You might say, that was a good message. Praise the Lord. And you go home. The Bible says, don't just hear it. We got to do it. 
But what if I told you we could do something? When you start feeling discouraged, don't give up. We're not going to give up. I'm telling you, somebody right now, this is prophetically. If you don't give up, you're going to get through. There's, a, there is a, there's something on the other side of that. Don't give up. If I said the breakthrough comes because you won't give up and you're going to get over, let's let some offenses go. We live in the most offended season on the planet. I just read a report. Business owners say the problem with the youngest generation right now is they get offended and they won't show up. They get offended about everything because that's our culture right now. Jesus said, love the word so much that nothing discourages you or nothing offends you. If you get offended, you say discouraged. I'm not saying it wasn't a big deal. I'm just saying, there, how many know the blessing is better than the bitterness? Come on, the breakthrough is better than the offense. We're not going to stay there. We're not, it, it was, if someone did it, whatever happened, it was the enemy's strategy to keep you down and keep you where you're at. And if you can get off forgiveness and you can get out from under offense, you can have a breakthrough. And be generous. Can, can we stand for a moment? Can we worship? We're going to worship for a moment. We're going to take communion together. I'm going to pray a prayer of of freedom here in a moment. How many know that God deserves our worship? He deserves our our highest worship, our highest praise. Matter of fact, what you ought to do after this message is both hands up and say, I'm going to praise. I'm open, God. I'm open. I'm open. Anyone open? He can't hit you like this. I'm open. But if we're open, come on. When everything ought to shut us up, but we won't shut up. When everything coming at you is to keep you down, but you won't stay down. When everything's coming, it won't, I, you, you got it, right? You got what I'm saying this morning? Get, let's get open. Open. God, I'm open. I'm open. I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I know this has come against me. I know this happened to me. I know this person did it. I know, I, you know what? Some of you shouldn't be free, but you are. Some of you shouldn't be smiling, but you are. Some of you shouldn't be here, but you are. Come on. Some of you shouldn't be able to praise, but you are. Some of you shouldn't, some of you should not be worshiping, but you are. Some of you shouldn't be delivered, but you are. Some of you shouldn't be breathing, but thank God you are. And if he brought you this far, you wait till the next phase. What if I said what you've been believing for and needing is on the other side of what you're facing right now? You would praise your way through. You would faith your way through. Come on. Come on. Let's give him worship for just a moment.